welcome to the Who Are Uni podcast. I'm Maeve Schaffer and today I'm joined by Jasmine Parker, another student at City University of London who's studying an MA in magazine journalism. Jasmine went to Warwick and tells us all about the stereotypes of Warwick. She tells us about her single life and about whatever the hell circling and drinking a purple is. You'll find out soon if you carry on listening. Hope you enjoy. And if you think your university experience is worth talking about, worth a little podcast episode, then please do get in touch. DM me on my Instagram at whoareuni. I'd love to get people from all different universities, all different backgrounds, all different experiences, and so on. So yeah, please get in touch if you think you have a good enough story. And enjoy the episode. Welcome to Who Are Uni. Can you just give me a brief introduction as to who you are and what university you went to? Okay, hello, I'm Jasmine. Um, I'm currently doing a master's in magazine journalism at City and I just graduated in July from the University of Warwick where I studied English and Theatre Studies. I studied there from 2018 to 2021. Brilliant. You went to Warwick. Is there anything about Warwick that you wish you had known going in at 2018 um i think the main thing would be warwick has a huge reputation for people say it's boring people Mm -hmm. love to spread this rumor that warwick is boring there's nothing to do it's so awful and i think that's so completely untrue i didn't like particularly mind that because i wanted to go to a campus uni um and i i mean i had never been clubbing before i turned 18 and my birthday's in july so like i had been clubbing once before I say I had never been clubbing before I turned 18. Most people have never been clubbing before they turned 18. But the point is that, like, I had two months before starting uni in which to do it. And I don't even want. So, like, nightlife wasn't really a big thing for me. Um, But actually, like, I think there is a ton of nightlife at Warwick. Um, I think it has a great social scene. I think it's actually a really great, like, kind of halfway point for, like, moving out from home, being totally dependent and, like, moving to a big city. I think it sort of feels like... I used to describe it living on campus as like a mini centre parks. Like it has everything you would ever need on, on oh campus. Oh my God, mini centre parks. And then you parks. can head out if you want to. And yeah. I think that's great. But there is a lot to do. Like you've got um, students tend to live in Leamington, Spa in second and third year. Um, but you've also got like Coventry, Birmingham. London is an hour away. Like it's very well connected. I think it's great. I really enjoyed it. Mm. Oh, that's great. So were you sort of like a young uh birthdays you turn 18 quite late in the year yeah yeah yes. I'm actually the second youngest person on my course here at city oh um, my goodness August yeah. July because I feel like that does actually make a huge difference because yeah. when I was in first year I mean I I'd already had a gap year as well hmm. but I like some of the people that um were like August babies I, I just I could you know sometimes you could just tell I felt like I was an old woman next to the, <laughs> the amount of um, clubbing experience I had but no I like that I like that because I feel like that's also quite um, helpful to some people that may be starting uni now like if you'd only been clubbing once or twice before lockdown here or mm. or not at all and then went to uni and lock- came out of lockdown during uni then you wouldn't have experienced clubbing much Was there anything about clubbing that you sort of, you know, you came into, you were like, oh my God, I didn't expect this. Um, 
I think like being hit on and flirted with was like something I was completely unused <laughs> to. I was not popular at all at school. I'd never experienced male attention. Um, so I turned 18 in July. I went interrailing with my friend for two weeks over summer. And the one time I went clubbing was in Budapest, which was mm-hmm. not a great choice in hindsight. Um, it was not particularly safe. We got mm-hmm. sexually harassed, sexually assaulted multiple times that night, which like oh, my first time out was not great. Um, on that particular night, I didn't know we were, we weren't like planning on going clubbing. It just kind of happened. So I was wearing like just what I've been wearing in the day, just like a shirt, flowy shorts, absolutely no makeup. I looked very much like a child and like some of the attention I was getting from men who were like clearly quite a bit older was like a little sort of uncomfortable in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even like sexual harassment aside, yeah, I was just so unused to like male attention. It really like baffled me. Um, yeah I guess that was the big thing but I mean Mm. I'm also not like I mean the other side of it is like I I didn't want to drink before I was 18 I was actually on medication for a while before I turned 18 that I couldn't drink with um so it meant that I had never had that experience of being sort of 14 15 16 like getting drunk at house parties I'd had one drink before I turned 18 wow okay Um, yeah and so coming to uni and then like being exposed to whole drinking culture is weird. I remember I used to, we would go to the Tesco's just off campus and I would buy the little pre-mixed cans of like um, pink gin. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is it? They come, oh, why am I, why am I blanking on this? Like gin and soda or whatever it is. Um, and I, I would like take two of those. I would have one in each pocket and like that was my drink for the night. So as it turns out, I'm a complete lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay interesting that is such a contrast from my experience but I I like that because it gives a bit more variation but I mean um so I was thinking you know in terms of it was the first time you'd sort of had that male attention did you like it or were you a bit affronted by it like how was you how did you react I think I was affronted I think I was just a bit like what's going on I think yeah like I said I was just completely baffled by it I remember Mm -hmm. in um that first week in freshers week like I mean, the other thing is I was getting hit on a lot more than my friends, like a lot more than average, um, which also like made it really confusing. I think if I had just got hit on like maybe once every night, every other night, it would have been like a bit easier to handle. But like there were some nights we went out and I got hit on like five to ten times. And I was like, I'm so confused by what's going on. And I remember my friends, like my friends would talk to our other friends that we sort of met and they'd be like, yeah, Jasmine gets hit on like an unusually large amount. And people never believed it. They were just like, oh, she's so stuck up, like bragging, blah, blah, blah. And then we'd go out together and be like, yeah, I don't know what it is about her, but like she gets a lot of attention. Wow, um, I love that. I mean, it's fallen off now, but yeah, like it was it was a lot all at once. And I was very mm-hmm. much like, what do people want from me? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I, I've sort of got an ex- a similar experience in the sense that I was never really very popular as a young girl at school. I didn't get that much uh, attention. But what I did... I think I quite liked the male attention. I think I lapped it up. I think that sort of bolstered my confidence. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the first part, we've, we've already kind of talked about this, sort of socials and stuff, but that is the first segment. So where was the best places to go at Warwick Uni? I mean, I always enjoyed a night out on campus. So we have a club on campus in the SU called the Cocker Rooms, which was just kind of, it's very easy. It's not the best night out you'll ever have, but like, you know, it's 10 minute walk away. I think, you know, particularly as I said, having not been clubbing ever really before, not having to worry about like getting home, um, 
and stuff like that. I think it just makes it so easy. It's quite nice to feel like that sheltered and safe. Um, in Leamington, you have a few different clubs. There's a place called Neon. There's a place called Smack, which fun fact, Sophie Turner, Joe Jonas and Stormzy have all visited. I um, love that. Yeah, so popular clientele. It's, it is actually like the grossest club you'll ever go to. Don't understand why they've been. Um, and there's another club called Assembly and then obviously tons of pubs, so a lot to do. And then the club everyone goes to in Coventry is one called Casbar. And then, as I said, you've obviously got Birmingham and London as well. So there's a lot to do like nightlife specific wise, but also a lot of like bars and pubs around. So plenty of options. So campus nights out there, because I... We had student union bars, but we did not have a club. I went to York for those listening. Um, We didn't have a club. We did have club nights that they sometimes put on in like the big spaces, but um, no, mostly bars. So what was it like? You know, did you get some really interesting characters? You know, what was it like being in a student union bar club? Sorry. Um, so they do like you have to hand over your ID on the door so you buy a ticket through the student union website it's on your like student ID you hand it over the door and they scan it so only students or guests of students can come and I think you can only buy like one guest ticket per person so it's pretty like well guarded people mm. can't just like wander in from the streets I like that um, <laughs> the big thing is we have this thing called pop which is once a week on a Wednesday it's kind of the Warwick equivalent of like I know at other unis you have like sports night um, so on a Wednesday societies will get together and they will circle which is basically just where you sit in a circle and play drinking games circling <laughs> is like a big warwick thing oh i've never heard of that yeah you say circling and people are like oh my god what is that <laughs> it sounds sort of ominous secret. it's just it's just playing drinking games <laughs> okay um, we do it with a drink called purple which is beer with black currant juice right which apparently also i think other people call it a snake bite yeah it's I like a super so. pop, super common thing but warwick mm. has to have its own name um, but say, yeah, so you get your purple, you sit around in a circle with your society, people scream at you to drink, um, and then you go off to pop, which is basically like a pop music cheese night. Um, the SU club is only open from 10pm until 2am, so it can never really last that late. Um, yeah, a Wednesday night, so it's kind of one of those things where like, you don't want to have class on a Thursday morning. It's a bit bit bad scheduling. Um, but yeah, it was always pretty fun. They do a few like one-off um, things as well. So like twice a term, we'd have school days which is when everyone dresses up um, oh my God. in their old school uniform no and way. they would play like early 2000s songs, which was fun. Love it that. was it, But that is, school days is the sort of thing, you can only do it in first year when you're like 18, 19. It's fun. If you're like 21, 22, still going to school days, still dressing up as a schoolgirl, it's a bit like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> So what societies were you part of? What societies were you circling in? <laughs> I only ever circled with the ball, my student newspaper. Okay. Um, which was nice. Um, I was friends with the social sec in second year. Um, so, I mean, she tried She tried to bully me, but I was like, no. But actually, I was, I was like decently good at it. For someone who doesn't drink, I'm surprisingly good at drinking games or the drinking oh, games you play with the ball. Um, I was part of the modern classical dance society as well, but I was always too scared to circle with them because I heard that they're um, one of their, obviously a lot of the societies get very into it particularly the sports and i um heard that one of their forfeits was they they would make you um give a lap dance to someone on the men's hockey team and i was like no i would embarrass myself so that's not for me (laughs) Mm. yeah i mean forfeits university for anyone listening that doesn't know 
forfeits for university are ridiculous. I remember for the university rugby team, they had this forfeit where you had to sit naked on the coach ride home from <gasps> from a game or something like that. Oh my god! I know. So forfeits should not be taken lightly. Never take a forfeit. Never take a forfeit lightly. Thank you for talking to me about the social societies. I always love hearing about other people's nights out at university. The next one's a bit more fun as well. So what was your style at university? What kind of, did you come into your own fashion-wise? So I I lost a lot of weight when I first started at uni. And I think I also had like no idea what my personal style was. So I did a lot of shopping. I still mm-hmm. did quite a lot of shopping. But like, to be honest, I didn't really have much of a wardrobe. Um, it's definitely always been quite preppy. I think I wear jeans a lot more now than I did certainly in first year. Um, I remember like vividly in the first few weeks, I had all these little cute outfits planned out of like nice tops and little mini skirts that I'd like prance around and I felt so cute because um, that was fun because um, in sixth form, I don't know what it was like for other people's schools, but for us in sixth form, we had to wear a suit. Um, so it was like a weird change for me going from like having worn a suit every day for the last two years to like you can wear whatever you want. Um, which is surprising, actually, in hindsight, that I didn't go, like, instantly a lot more casual. I don't know if maybe just wearing a suit for every day for two years made me feel like I had to, like, dress up a bit more. But, yeah, I like dressing up for class. I think it's fun. I was always one of those people that would prance around in, like, little dresses to class. I've never been one to subscribe to, like, certainly the, like, whole American thing of, like, we can just wear athleisure wear to class. Yeah. Um, the only time I ever wore leggings was, like, if I was really ill or, like, injured or, like, on my period. No, I kind of love that because I had a housemate. I have a lot of four girls and most of us would sort of rock up whatever we wanted to wear. (laughs) But one of my housemates who I just admire completely would get up at like seven o'clock in the morning to curl her hair and put makeup on and look stunning every single day. (laughs) And I remember we'd go into into the uh, kitchen and wearing probably pajama bottoms and a big ugly sweatshirt <laughs> and we'd see her in you know a black turtleneck and a mini skirt and tights and oh, we'd be like oh classic. so also in terms of style you know the sort of ritual of taking care of yourself you know because I I I mean the reason I'm asking this is because I got into really into skincare in first mm-hmm. year and I feel like that was my way of sort of I don't know taking 10 minutes out in the morning to really put effort into what I look like and then it sort of came into its own I become it became a lot more confident so I'm just wondering if anything like that happened hmm. to you I mean in terms of I've finding your style I've never really been one for like makeup or skincare I try with skincare but to be honest I'm lucky if I put moisturizer on every day I'm looking at the moisturizer oh and you have perfect like, oh, skin as well know, you lucky, lucky thing I know I know it's one of those things that you're like never supposed to admit, admit is it it's like I have pretty decent skin and I don't try and I'm like <laughs> I'm sorry um yeah I mean I've also just never really been one for makeup so it's not it's not like I sort of would get up like super early in the morning and look like completely put together um but I think maybe I mean, I think I'm always quite like reluctant to say this because I'm interested in fashion. I love fashion, but I always feel like the thing about when you say you love fashion is then instantly people are going to hold you to like a much higher standard of how you dress. I'm always really nervous about saying I love fashion and then people being like, you don't dress like you love fashion. <laughs> um, yeah, so, definitely. So yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, I, I love Pinterest, um, love Pinterest, love Instagram, love saving my fashion inspiration so I think I just always quite like dressing up yeah 
Mm-hmm. Were you um, sort of different kind of style as well? Were you uh, into any politics at university? Were you uh, sort of, because I know, you know, a lot of university is often a time for people to get involved in these protests and things like that. Was that ever you? Were you that kind of person? I was never really into party politics. Like I, I definitely have strong political opinions, but you know, I never joined like a political society mm-hmm. at uni. Um, I think I was quite, I definitely followed like uni activism quite closely, um, especially like obviously at Warwick, um, rape culture is a huge problem because mm-hmm. we have the group chat scandal. Um, and I did attend the, I attended the sexual assault protests about that case mm-hmm. um, when I was in first year. And then I covered the protest again when I was in my final year. So I always kept up with that and mm-hmm. I always kind of followed and supported that and signed mm-hmm. the petitions. Yeah, because so for, for those of you who don't know what happened in Warwick, there was some boys that were in a group chat and had some really um, offensive messages about sexual assault, wasn't it? And I feel yeah, like well, it was about their friends. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. It about was people their, they like, knew, really close female friends, which yeah. is pretty gross, and also about the student population more widely. Yeah, which really has unfortunately put a stain on some people's university experience at Warwick. Mm. Um, I hear. So, did do you think that really? You know, I know you went to some protests, but did did that affect your university university experience? You know, in a wider way, like when you told people you went to Warwick, did people ever? weird story but I applied to Warwick twice I applied for both English and English and theatre studies because mm-hmm. I knew I definitely wanted to go to Warwick so I chose Warwick as both my firm and my insurance and then the week after this came out and I was like well I'm going to Warwick so <laughs> what can you do I do think in fairness rape culture is a problem at any university particularly Absolutely. at any Russell Group University yes. it's just that it became publicized at Warwick and I think mm-hmm. I, I would like to say maybe at Warwick we were more aware of the issue. We were doing more to tackle it. Um, I mean, the other thing is like that's really all down to the uni admin um, and kind of the leaders at the university. I think from what I saw, most of the student population was always very much against it and strongly campaigned of against course, it and for yeah. safety. Um, yeah, I mean, Warwick obviously does have a stain, but it's going to be that's there's a risk it's a problem at any university you go to and I do think that's important to acknowledge yes absolutely were you ever involved in any like student union politics any of your friends run for any positions um, like I personally wasn't but I I had a few a few people from my student newspaper that I knew through like student media did run um and we covered we worked with the SU to cover the SU elections which were oof, always big a lot of drama <laughs> Oh, go on. Please tell me about the drama. Um, well, well, in in final year when we were covering it, someone actually ended up getting fired from the SU because they completely screwed it up. Someone, oh, no. there were three people running for a specific position, and one of them dropped out. But this person from the SU like admin team didn't actually remove their candidacy from like the voting thing, and so people could still vote for them. And so one of the two people that were actually still running won and the other person who didn't win complained, well, the fact that this person wasn't taken out, changed the vote, threatened a lawsuit over it. Oh, a um, lawsuit. Jeez. And the SU like redid the vote and then actually this other person did win. So it was it was all a bit awkward and a bit of a mess. Mm, oh, my goodness. That is quite dramatic, actually. Yeah. Well, now on to the slightly juicier section. <laughs> um so this 
section is sort of about sex and relationships. Um, so what was your experience at university in terms of in terms of those things, I suppose? Not a lot. No mm-hmm. juiciness from me. Um, I'm a, I'm the perpetually single friend, which is quite fun. Um, there was like a lot of kind of dating drama on my student paper. Um, and I I was very much like the joke that like I was just never involved in it, which actually was great. Like there's a lot to be said for never being involved in that drama. Absolutely. Never, never told, shit where you um, eat. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I remember when I told the um, editor-in-chief the year before me that I was that I wanted to run for editor-in-chief she sort of we went out one night she got drunk and um the radio station was running like a Warwick equivalent of first dates and she told me that I would only be allowed to run for editor-in-chief if I went and did the first date. that's amazing though they did Um, a little first date they did I didn't do it I never did it oh my Um, god I kind of love that though that is so cool I know it is kind of fun yeah great radio idea Mm -hmm, definitely Okay, so um, how was being perpetually single at university? Because I know that, you know, university is often a time where people, I went into university expecting to meet my husband. And I feel like there is a lot of expectations at university that you're going to either fall madly in love or just have a lot of sex. (laughs) Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, dating culture, hookup culture is like super common at uni. And I mm -hmm. think I mean, I do think there's, to some extent, this kind of idea that, like, if you don't have that, you miss out on a massive aspect of uni life. And I don't feel that way, I don't think. I mean, I definitely went through, like, a massive, massive change um, and evolution in, like, the way I saw being single over those three years. I think when I started, I mean, as I said, I didn't have a great time at school um, and I started uni just in an awful place with my self-esteem I was like god I'm ugly I'm fat no one's ever gonna like me I'm gonna die alone um because like to be brutally honest that was what I'd been told Mm. um and I think I kind of had a weird experience of like especially with that like male attention going clubbing as I said earlier like I kind of had a weird experience of being like things are changing maybe I wasn't ugly and fat maybe there's like something else going on here I don't know it was yeah it was odd but I think I kind of after a big identity crisis I think I kind of came through and realized actually I mean I think the big thing is that we never view being single as being a choice particularly for women Mm. Um, and actually it is like if you think about like anyone listening if you happen to be single you might think it's not a choice and it's because like no one wants to date you but actually you've probably turned a few people down and I think that's so important to recognise yeah. and I think it completely changed, ch- changes your mindset uh, with that. Yeah, it's like when you tell someone you're single, especially someone someone who's in a relationship and you say, yeah, I'm single, they go, oh, you'll find someone know, soon. Like, oh. You're just like, well, hang on a second. I didn't yeah, say I, I was mean, sad about it. Yeah, I now absolutely love being single, like to be honest. I actually think it's, I mean, I think particularly like 18 to 21 is such a formative time of your life mm-hmm. and I think you learn so much about yourself and I think I, absolutely without a doubt wouldn't have had the same personal development over those years being single as if I had have been in a relationship and I think mm. actually that was really important for me yeah. and I'm really enjoying growing and finding out who I am completely on my own yeah no I love and you that. have time for that yeah That's so much time yeah so is it the same now you're doing your master's as well um it is I will be honest I'm they say I can't remember who it was said to me that uh cynics are just disappointed hopeless romantics and I think that's very much true of me I am such a hopeless romantic and I do get crushes like oof at least every two weeks 
um, and I never act on it. I never do anything about it. Um, so, but yeah, like I'm quite happy being single. Yeah. I quite enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. I feel, so I was also pretty much single. I mean, there was a few like bits here and there, if you want to call it that, but there was never any relationships <laughs> while I was in, in my undergrad. Um, so I completely get that, except I was the kind of person who was constantly looking for a boyfriend. Like I was just going on all these terrible Tinder dates because I just, everyone I knew was starting to get boyfriends and I was like, I want one, I want one. But I didn't, I didn't, you know, actually really wanted a boyfriend because you're right. Like there were so many people I turned down, so many dates I'd gone on that I could have gone on a second date with, but I was like, ugh, no, I was picky for no reason. (laughs) just so picky oh my friends would be like you want a boyfriend but you're so picky mate (laughs) so yeah you're completely right and in the end you know like you I'm quite glad I stayed single throughout uni because it's made me who I am today as cringy as that is (laughs) (laughs) so um I know I see you on social media you you like taking yourself out on little single dates I I love that so you know did you do that often at Warwick or is that something you do now in London I had to, so this only like properly started the other week, I had to write an experience feature for my coursework. Um, and I decided that I was going to do mine on going on a solo date for the first time. So I went out for dinner. I had a three course meal. I say three course meal. It sounds like super. I went to a Mexican place in um, Exmouth Market and I just had, I had nachos, I had tacos, I had churros. It was great. And I actually really enjoyed it. I had, I took my book. I'm currently reading The Beautiful and Down by F. Scott Fitzgerald. I did sit down and I was like, when the food came, I had this kind of awkward moment of like, oh God, I've always seen people like out on their solo dates reading whilst they eat. <laughs> and I've never like noticed what people do when they have to eat because like- But how, yeah, know, what are the logistics? The <laughs> yeah, but it was fine, I got through it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the only time I've been on like a proper, proper solo date, but I do like, I love going out for like long walks and going and getting pastries and coffee. It wasn't like a thing I particularly did at uni, at Warwick I think because like I mean third year I feel like for me was like the most you know the time that I like in my brain most consider as um uni and I live with my best friends in my final year so like I enjoy doing stuff with them if I was going to go for coffee I mm-hmm. would always go with one mm-hmm. of them um but yeah I really enjoy it I think so. I, I love I feel like this sounds weird I actually just my features at the moment always all seem to be about being an introvert but I just wrote a piece about um living alone and being an introvert and like how living alone taught me to embrace that um and I really love spending time by myself I don't know if other people think that's like really sad to say but I I like myself and I like spending time by myself and I like my little quiet evenings watching films eating I also love cooking so I love you know I'll cook myself a little nice meal and I sit in and I watch a film that I'm like excited to see and it's great do you wish you'd done some of that in Warwick Not necessarily. I mean, I think, like, to be honest, I do miss living with my housemates last year. Yeah. I did absolutely love them. And we had, I mean, obviously this was during the pandemic as well. We had a lot of, um, like, fun nights in where, like, yeah. you know, we would just sit on the sofa and watch a film. Or, like, we loved our Just Dance championships. We also, in term one, we marathoned the BBC series Merlin. And I remember <laughs> there was a specific day that we had. We had a night out in where we turned, we had a basement. And we turned our basement into a club. And I think the next day we were all pretty hungover and we sat on the sofa literally all day for like eight hours straight, <laughs> ordered McDonald's. And all we watched was like 10 episodes of Merlin. And I, I do love miss that. that. It was yeah. fun. Yeah, I miss that too. I must admit as well, like 
I because we did similar things actually we had like cocktail nights mm-hmm. like over lockdown I mean or we'd have um, we had a white party we had decades nice. like we just we did we just had these things like just to look forward to because otherwise yeah. it's so mundane like we're in third year and all we're doing is sitting around your house yeah and I'm, I'm gonna give some advice to some freshers or to be freshers out now have <laughs> house parties and enjoy house parties because yeah. I loved those times with my housemates and I don't mean like rages I mean like <laughs> you know have just your close friends over and stuff like that and just yeah. get drunk because I actually really really enjoyed it we used to do, um, we did it twice. We did um, house crawls or like room crawls. So like, I remember I told my dad about this and he was like, what a stupid idea. No, it's actually so much fun. So the idea is everyone has a different theme. They pick a theme. Yeah. You decorate your room as that theme and you dress up as that theme. Yeah, I think you I make saw that cocktail, on TikTok. I love yeah, it. Link to your theme. And then you go around all the rooms in the house throughout the night. And it's so much fun. Mm. What's and your we did theme? like a little game in each one. Um, my first theme, I can't remember what my first theme was because I was write, I was writing um, a pretty big essay and wow. I did get told off by my housemates for not taking it seriously enough. But when I, I, at the end of the year, I then redeemed myself with, I did a beach theme. I bought a pack of like, I bought like, it would cost like 15 pounds, a pack of like pre-organized like under the sea decorations. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> And it included these like giant like animal balloons, like giant dolphin balloons, which I had always wanted as a kid and I was so excited about. Um, And we actually kept them for like a while. So I had like dolphins, octopuses, (laughs) um, octopi, blue and white balloons. I like stuck all over my wall. I was very proud of it. Um, And then I made for my drinks, I I think I actually just made um, vodka lemonade, but I put um, blue food coloring in it. And then I I got these clear like um, pint, cups like plastic cups and I drew on them with sharpies little like seaweed and fishes so when you poured the blue drink inside the cups it looked like a little sort of aquarium and I was so proud of it that's incredible I love it thank you (laughs) amazing so we somehow got back to the socials again so I'm going to um, get us back to the final uh, topic which is stereotypes you and I both went to Russell Group universities and those have a lot of a lot of particular people that tend to go to that university. Yeah. How did you find that you kind of fit in in that environment? Yeah, I mean, I had an sort of an interesting experience, or I guess like the standard experience in that I went to private school. I came from a pretty privileged background. Um, and so, you know, I obviously didn't experience the hardship that like lots of people do have in coming to uni, particularly, you know, if you come from a state school or like a working class background, and you go to a Russell Group uni. I never had that experience of like properly worrying about whether I would fit in. And I certainly, you know, at Warwick, I was in the majority realistically. Um, but I do think kind of weirdly, I, I was quite anxious before going to university about like what people would think of the fact that I went to private school. I was mm. quite worried that like I might be the only one that people might think I was just like a spoiled, stuck up bitch, mm-hmm. um, which I, I hopefully don't think I am. Um, I think I'm a big believer that, you know, no one can control the privilege they're born into. I'm very, very lucky that I was born into a very privileged family. Um, but I don't think that that defines who I am. I think I'm pretty good at recognising my privilege and, you know, accept, accepting and acknowledging that other people have had it far harder than I have. Um, and I would hope, like, not flaunting um, the kind of background I come from. I actually, it's funny, at school, a few people, a few people said to me, like, oh, I wouldn't guess. I wouldn't guess from, like, 
um, the way you dress and like the car your mum drives that you're like wealthy. <laughs> Which I was oh, like, I don't gosh. know what to make of that. Oh. Yeah, my mum drives a Ford Fiesta and a few people were, there were a few raised eyebrows at that. And I was wow. like, well, the school car park's a mess. You don't want to drive a fancy car because it's going to get bashed up in within minutes. What, by um, other Land Rovers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so many Land Rovers. I mean, I come from, like, I might have gone to private school. You know, my parents, my dad has a very comfortable job we live very comfortably which i know is like one of those things that pisses people off when it's like oh we're comfortable um but you know i'm not i'm certainly not like old money i'm certainly not you know i didn't come from one of the like super prestigious schools it wasn't oh what's they call it i didn't go to a public school like my school um was founded in like the 1980s it moved to a new site in 2008 so i was actually quite lucky that i sort of reap the benefit of that school as it was first becoming good so I definitely had a much easier time than many people but I certainly wasn't you know super rich and super wealthy and super mm. super posh I mm. wouldn't say that I'm posh I would say that my family's reasonably well off but we're yeah. not posh I don't think okay which I know is kind of weird to define sometimes yeah no that's fine yeah so obviously you're a woman um did you ever face any issues being a woman at Warwick yes Mm. um i think like sexual harassment sexual assault aside which as i've said i think is something that unfortunately you kind of have to accept at any university Mm. you go to well not accept but no you should expect maybe yeah yeah which is awful and that shouldn't be the case um but yeah i mean i experienced a lot of sexism in my student paper which i wasn't expecting at all it really shocked me and kate my co-editor-in-chief um some of the things we had to put up with which was broadly just some of the men um that we kind of came into contact with not liking us not wanting to like take orders from us because we were women which is yeah it really shocked me i think i was kind of in this place of assuming that the only kind of the preliminary way i experienced sexism is through sexual harassment and catcalling and Mm. stuff and i was really yeah I just I to be honest I lived in a complete bubble of thinking that that wasn't really like sexism in the workplace wasn't really a problem anymore and that was burst pretty quickly Mm. I've always existed in pretty female oriented spaces to be honest Mm -hmm. I mean doing English there were maybe like god 20 guys in my year um out of 300 of us um on my course um and I mean theatre was a bit more of a gender split but I don't think it really has the same problems in terms Mm -hmm. of sexism that something like PPE would have Mm -hmm. um yeah there was a pretty decent gender split on my student paper um but that wasn't really the sexism that wasn't a problem until final year and then yeah like even now I'm doing magazine journalism there's 36 of us and one guy (laughs) which is also partly why I'm single that I never exist in male-oriented spaces I kind of love being in female spaces Mm -hmm. and actually I think it's so much more support like I you know I was always scared to speak in class because I'm shy but I never had that experience of like being scared because like some man was gonna butt in and tell me his opinion yeah because it's funny you say female spaces because I'm I've noticed recently as well like a lot in like sort of social media and just the general I don't know space that we live in that we call the UK (laughs) (laughs) when there are female oriented spaces often that makes people sort of diminish that degree or yes. that um place you know that kind of thing so you know english oh lots of girls do it and now it's suddenly not taken to a serious degree mm-hmm. you know and now it's, it only matters if it's science but what happens when you know 
lots of women start doing science a bit late is that going to get diminished again I mean do you find that 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 kind of happens when you tell people I do English or theatre studies or even journalism I feel like can be quite yeah I mean I think it's definitely interesting having that being doing magazine journalism I think it's interesting that that's perceived in quite a different way to things like broadcast or newspaper where there are more men um particularly one of the things I always think is really interesting is the amount of women like lead women in rom-coms that are journalists um it, like it's almost every single rom-com yeah, like it the, is, lead, the lead woman yeah. is a journalist and I think my my theory that I've worked on for quite some time my theory is, is it's because journalism is a kind of a professional enough of a career that people see it as like girl boss like capitalist woman she's you know owning her success um but it's not quite as like serious as maybe something like law or medicine so it's not like you know we're not going to let her get too ahead of herself we don't want her to be too powerful Mm. um so yeah I think that's definitely a thing with journalism I mean also like I grew up dancing ballet and ballet is intensely difficult it requires a huge amount of strength a huge amount of skill years of training um it's incredibly difficult and on top of all of that you have to make it look like it's the easiest thing in the world and like it's you know graceful and beautiful and you have to smile through it um, and actually a lot of like rugby and football players now have started um, training in ballet because it helps them with their skills for their own sports. But I think it's really interesting that like, you know, ballet again is a female dominated space and the way we kind of look down on that and the way people love to, you know, dismiss it as something like stupid and girly. And I actually think it's a brilliant discipline. It teaches you mm-hmm. so many life lessons as well as strength and skill and, you know, being physically fit. Yeah, definitely. So we've had a great little chat about Warwick there. Um, but before we go, is there anything that you, I mean, I know you said about, you know, you want at the beginning people to know that Warwick is actually not stuffy and a great night out. But is there anything, any sort of like overriding thing you would tell any fresher going to any university? It's so like, you know, as someone who, didn't really drink wasn't a huge fan of nightlife you know never really wore makeup um it's okay to not kind of fit into that like stereotypical university image and that doesn't mean that your university experience will be any less fun or any less good um or that you're like not an not a fun person people love to tell me that they think i'm boring and i'm like okay well i disagree um you know i don't think i mean actually my friends um that i lived with last year who i love they say um they love to say jazz gets drunk off vibes (laughs) which I think is so funny and it's something that I would never say myself but um uh, yeah I think it's a pretty a pretty good example of the fact that like you can have you can absolutely have fun without getting drunk all the time and without like there are plenty of ways to have fun without wanting to go clubbing and you don't have to fundamentally change who you are to have a good time at uni or to be happy I think that's the key thing I absolutely love that message that is a brilliant message please everyone take that message and go <laughs> forward um so are there any instagrams or twitters you would quite like to plug um i am at jasmine l parker on instagram and at jasmine ll parker on twitter because jasmine l parker was taken <laughs> from an active account so i'm very upset about <laughs> that so annoying <laughs> what can you do <laughs> what can you do well thank you very very much for coming on to who are uni i thank you for having me it's been great learned so much about warwick <laughs> and yeah Thank you so much. So there we have it. That was Jasmine Parker talking about her experiences going to Warwick University. 
I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed hearing all about the stereotypes of being a woman at university and being a private school girl. I also hope that Jasmine has encouraged any of you to take yourself out on a solo date, but work out the logistics of reading and eating first. And yeah, if you really want to get in touch or if you think you would uh, make a great podcast episode, then please do message me, DM me on uh, the Instagram at whoareuni. I've been Maeve Schaffer and thank you so much for listening.